0: this morning i want to continue in our wait what series and i want to talk to you about augmented reality and i just feel like could we pray would you just pray with me lord you're in this room you are literally you are in this room and you come to reveal truth impart life encourage Heal broken hearts. And so we just welcome you, Holy Spirit. We need lots of oil, lots of anointing that your word will come forth and bring bring life and healing, salvation and deliverance. And we know it's going to happen. Satan's a liar. He's an exposed fraud. All he does is lie, lie, lie. And you come to bring truth and we receive it. And you said... That It's the truth that sets us free. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so we just, we get in the stream, the flow of your Spirit. And I just sense the Holy Spirit being poured out and manifested. Let the gifts of the Spirit, let the life of the Spirit just flow here today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Years ago, I made a commitment as a pastor to not speak preach everybody else's sermons and that's why sometimes mine are disjointed and, and unorthodox but I made a commitment to speak out of the overflow of my own personal relationship with the Lord and as of late it's just been rich my time with the Lord my time with the Lord is probably better than the sermons I'm preaching but I told Candace earlier this week I was like just I had to tell the Lord, just stop, it's too much. I need a month of Sundays to preach the goodness of the things you're showing me. Even in the midst of just difficult times in the world, God is so good. And my heart, if if you could hear what he's putting in my heart from him for you, he wants you to be encouraged. He wants you to trust him at levels. It doesn't matter what's happening. You're an overcomer. That song, what's the, what's the was it first or second song? If I'm not dead, you're not done. If I'm dead, you're still not done. You know that? If I'm dead, it's probably just begun. (laughs) I don't want to die right now, but I'm just, you know what I'm saying? And so today I want to talk to you about augmented reality. I say this often. Your relationship to the truth, the truth, will tell the story of your life. Not your truth, my truth, their truth, subjective truth. The truth. Your relationship to the truth will tell the story of your life. Last couple weeks, last week we talked about the passage from 2 Thessalonians. And I want you, I just want to remind you about your responsibility to love, cherish and and value the truth. Paul said they perish in the last days. They perish because they refused to love the truth. And I wonder, do you love the truth or do you tolerate it or do you give mental assent to it? But Do you ever wake up going, oh, I just need some time with the Lord. I just need some time in his word. Because that is what you're going to need in this hour. You don't just come once a week. You've probably, if you're one who loves the word, you've probably realized that you need to get your morning devotions early or you'll be behind the eight ball and the rest of your day will be sideways. Anybody learn that? Like, you, you need to get some manna early in the morning for you to make it. And so, Paul says, they perish. Hosea 4 said, verse 6 said, my people die for a lack of knowledge. Jesus said, man doesn't live on bread alone. Man lives on every word, the truth that comes from the mouth of God. That's how we stay alive spiritually. And I know I'm a broken record. I know I said this, a version of this last week and the week before that, but I don't know how long it takes for it to really get in. In the last days, the people who make it and are not going to be seduced by augmented reality are going to be people who love the truth, who have hidden his word in their hearts that they may not sin against God. Paul says they refuse to love the truth and be saved. For this reason, that doesn't just mean salvation, eternal life. Be saved in the current situation. For this reason, God sends them, and I want you to hear this, a powerful delusion. We're going to come back to that. Everybody say delusion. Turn and tell somebody next to you, don't be delusional. God will send them. They didn't love the truth. God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will then believe the lie. A couple weeks before that, we talked from Ephesians 4 where we said when the five offices in the church, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, when those are operative and the church is receiving balanced teaching, pastoral care, discipleship, training, He says, when that's happening, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies that are so clever, they sound like the truth. How many of you know there are a lot of lies that are clever right now, and they're persistent? Are y'all out there? But we won't believe them. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Now this morning, I want to just read this passage, and we're going to come back to it at the end, John chapter 14. Jesus is beginning his teaching on the Holy Spirit and what life would be like after he ascends and goes back to be with the Father's, the Father. And he says in verse 1 to the disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going away to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And everybody pay close attention. Verse 4, and you know the way to where I'm going. And old doubting Thomas said, wait, what? We don't know where you're going. He said, no, we don't know, Lord. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus told him. I am the way. Hallelujah. I am the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. How many of you are thankful for the revelation of Jesus Christ that you know who the way, the truth, and the life is? Come on, you're, you know that. Virtual reality. What is virtual reality? Virtual reality is the use of computer technology to create simulated environments. Virtual reality places the user inside a three-dimensional experience. Instead of viewing a screen in front of them, users are immersed in and interact with a 3D world or worlds. Augmented reality, though, is different. And hear me, we have crossed the Rubicon. There's no going back. We've crossed the Rubicon from... Virtual reality into augmented reality. And there's a distinct difference between the two. And you need to know this. Augmented reality is a reality based upon subjectivity. And hear this term, emotional predation. People who are preying on you, who manipulate you emotionally, so that they can get what they want. It's a reality based upon subjectivity and emotional predation, neural pathway manipulation, which is a big deal. Your head is, your your brain is programmed to believe things that are not true. And the distortion of all things that God has created that are perfect and good and orderly that enable, and here's another term human flourishing. That's God's plan. But the enemy has a plan to get you locked into some augmented reality where he controls and manipulates you entirely. It's really built upon and propagated through layers after layers after layers of well-crafted and articulated lies. And what we're dealing with, even genetic manipulation, electronic manipulation, energy manipulation, there is a war on for our minds right now That is, it's really hard to fathom. Um, And there's a number of reasons things that are contributing to it. We live in a greedy culture. And James says, listen, where there is greed and selfish ambition, every form of evil exists. And so I'm going to go here, and and I'll, I'll qualify it in a second. How we're being treated medically, um, it's We're losing trust, rightfully so. We have a sweet person in our church recently who was taken to the ER. Um, lots of pain in her stomach. And long story made, not so long, the doctor came in after a little bit and said, we're going to need to do surgery and remove one of your organs. And she asked some questions and she being advanced in her degrees in the medical industry herself she asked could I see before you do surgery to remove the organ could I see the scans and he said we've never been asked for someone to see the scans and long story short she got to see the scans and there was nothing there and Then she realized how she was being treated was making matters worse, and she insisted that she get to go home. And she did go home, didn't have the surgery, got off the medication, the strong antibiotics, and she's better, and she's here today. And I I share that story. I share that story because there are so many contributing factors. Not everybody in the medical field is crooked. But we have a system built on greed and control. And we are learning things now that should cause us all to be concerned and not walk in fear, walk in truth. Full of the Holy Spirit that he would order our steps. I didn't say all this and I'm not going to park here alone. We have some great doctors in this church. Um, but these last three plus years have rightfully given us reasons to be concerned. And I, I'm, I'm going to leave it, leave it at, at that for now. But that's significant. Because you can do a surgery and charge my insurance tens of thousands of dollars and it's not even needed. That's wrong. Um, Tim Delina, the pastor at Times Square Church last week, preached and he mentioned a a friend of his who's a Christian college president. And I think I know who he's talking about. And he said his greatest challenge right now is Google and AI, AI theology. That their students in ministry preparation are coming back and challenging professors because AI and Google has had some left liberal-leaning theologians distort and revise this. And there are stories now that, well, this word was taken out and originally it said this, and it basically is a manipulation to endorse all of the sexual confusion and craziness that we have going on. AI, what's the most dangerous threat about AI? What's the thing that makes it the most dangerous? Mass deception. And the people, the engineers mostly, who are in charge of developing AI, hate God. That should give us some concern. Not fear, but an awakening to what reality, what's happening in our world. Do you know how many of our children are being indoctrinated by false lies things that are not true that are shaping the next generation they're revising the bible and the greatest danger i said is hear this mass deception what do we see in scripture is going to characterize the last day a delusion mass deception um It's no longer where you put on the goggles and virtual reality and take them off to get back to reality. No, we we are living underwater in the matrix. The Truman Show. And the center stage is the church. And then you add the apostate church, which only adds to the augmented reality. And have you ever thought, what's the book in the New Testament that deals with the apostate church? Jude. And it's right before the book of Revelation. There's a lot working to camouflage, to confuse. The only way I know really to illustrate what we're dealing with is In the 70s, if you went to Six Flag, and even in the early 80s, there was this thing called the Chevy Show. Anybody remember the Chevy Show? We got a few uh, people who get discounts at Shoney's. Um, I'm one of them. The Chevy Show was like old school virtual reality. And I, I actually found the actual film that they showed. And it was... Many different examples of virtual reality where it's a big screen, recorded screams, and you're on a roller coaster. And you you would feel it in your stomach, and you're just watching a screen. And they would take you to fast cars, and you'd run right up against the bumper of another car, and you'd almost hit it. And you know virtual reality, like right now, we're watching... Um, 3D animated films, and now we have a, a glasses that we can put on. If you saw Bug's Life, and when the, the insect stuck his tongue out, anybody remember? And you were like, oh. And everybody in front of you, we all moved at the same time. Virtual reality. And the thing about the Chevy show was, there would be people get up and leave and go outside and literally vomit. It had made them sick. Anybody, we got Jans down here confessing she was one of them. Well, praise the Lord. You you got delivered way back then at the Chevy show. But right now with deep state, fake news, real fake news, AI-generated reality, AI-generated conversations, the revising of all history. That alone is a big deal. Perversion of science and biology, and we're being told, trust the science. And we're saying we are trusting the science, the real science. The indoctrination of our children. Biotech controlling the story and news. Calling good evil and evil good and corrupt leaders everywhere, not just in government, but in business and in the church. And the difference between the Chevy show and the VR is that you can't go outside and get away from it or just take the glasses off and get a new perspective. And there's a lot of subjects. I want to drive. I want to drill down here a little bit right now. And for pastors. Do you know how many things are taboo? Like, even to talk about the medical industry, even to read from Ephesians 4 and to mention apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Because we're so indoctrinated ourselves with Google and some real and some false hypocritical leaders or bad theology. And so we read from Ephesians and we talk about apostles and we go, are we an apostolic church? Are we part of the new apostolic reformation? When Pastor Chuck prays, kingdom of God come, are we a kingdom now church? Which is the belief that one day this will be heaven when the Christians take over and enforce the kingdom and they're simplifying it. And so, when people say, are we a kingdom now, church? And I invite any questions you have like that. I get lots of emails and texts and calls about stuff like this. But I want you to know, as a pastor, you're like, what do you do? A lot of pastors right now are going, shrink back, stay out of the controversy, And then what happens? The menu from Genesis to Revelation gets shrunk. And you have to stay away from so many subjects because people get caught up and distracted with AI theology. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so I have to be responsible and teach. And when I say I read a book or a quote from a book, I'm reading a quote that is... Worthy to stand on its own. But we live in a world now where a person goes, he quoted from that book, and I saw the guy that wrote that book said this in a sermon. Does Pastor Chuck stand by all of that? And most people in today's world, when they sniff that stuff out, they leave thinking, well, Pastor Chuck's like that. And and I just want to encourage everybody. You know, I'm not... It's hard. Like, Pastor Chuck, can you stand behind everything Bill Johnson's ever said? Do you agree with everything Rick Joyner has ever said or preached? No. I don't even stand behind everything I've ever said before. (laughs) Serious. Serious. Do you stand behind everything you've ever said? Do you understand what, the world's shrinking? The world is flat. There, I said it, whoop, 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 whoop. I'm just kidding, stay, look straight ahead. Even that, we're going, well, is the Bible true or? Do you understand? So what pastors are doing, they're going, I just, I want to stay out of controversy because most pastors want to be liked more than they want to be effective. And, or faithful. And I can't sleep at night and I'm wired prophetically. So I stand up here and go, I'm going to do my best. Like you, a couple weeks ago, I think I read from Rick Joyner and I even referred to the book and I know a bunch of y'all went and got it. My son's one of them. And, uh, I'm not going to shrink back and have nothing left to preach, especially in the the day in which we live. Um, But I think I've made my point. I feel better. I feel like I got release. But am I making sense, everybody? We, We are. This is Elijah. This, these, this is what happens to people who speak the truth. Ask John the Baptist. Ask Elijah. Um, we, we, need, we need to be like Ephesians 4 says. We, don't trust Google and AI. Come let us reason together. If I ever, I'm going to say something you disagree with. I'm probably going to say something that, Pastor Munn's going to have to correct me or should. But my heart is right. And I'll walk out the process. But what I'm not going to do is shrink back and preach vanilla sermons in an echo chamber where everybody yawns and goes home and goes, (laughs) Why in the world do we keep going through the motions? Because that is the That's what's happening in an augmented reality world. Even the body of Christ and the apostate church. You preach truth right now. You look like a radical. and People say, Pastor, why are you so political? I'll tell you why. I'm not political. I'm spiritual. But their politics has messed with my family's spiritual well-being. And so I'm going to stand up as a pastor and say to the government, you can't tell me who I have to marry and who I have to officiate their weddings. You can't tell me, I don't appreciate you making fun of my daughter and granddaughters being cisgender, being binary and straight. That's not cool. And your politics... You, one political party is okay with abortion, late term, and now even post birth. And the other political party isn't standing up. Their politics has gotten into our future of how we wanna raise our children. And spending our tax dollars to do your trans show in public spaces To indoctrinate our children I'm not going to be happy about the fact that men get to go into the same bathroom that my wife and daughters and granddaughters get to go to and and I'm not going to and even right now there's a temptation some watching online and some of you in this room is he gaslighting us again that tells you how far we've gotten shut down the church pastor Chuck and help us flatten the curve while we keep the liquor stores and the strip bars open. Somebody needs to be aware that we've somehow moved into Sodom and Gomorrah. And our children are being raised in Babylon, and they're trying to give our children new names. You know, I'm reading Isaiah. I'm I'm in Ezekiel now. I've just read Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, and I'm about halfway through Ezekiel. And when, about the time I go, Pastor Chuck, could we move on to another subject? I'm reminded that Isaiah and Jeremiah said, they preached the same message over and over and over. They said, You are idolatrous people. You need to destroy those altars to the bells over and over and over. I'm reading Ezekiel. This is the power of the word that. You read it, every chapter says, it opens up, says the word of the Lord came to me. And it was the same message. Quit being prostitutes. Your father in heaven loves you. He deserves your faithfulness. And then what happened? Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. And Daniel is a few chapters of him going, here we are because you didn't listen to what they told. Here's what I believe. If Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, if they had been here, they would stand in this hour flat-footed with steel spine and say, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, and this is right. now God's raising up a remnant of pastors right now who've had enough and it's not fun but we've had enough the body of Christ is vulnerable This augmented reality stuff it is is for real there is a war right now on the word of God And the next two Sundays, please don't miss. If you have to miss, tune in and watch it in our archives. But the war on the word. First two chapters of the Bible, they're beautiful because Satan doesn't exist. He's not in the story. And Genesis 3 opens up. We don't even get to the second verse. He can't even restrain himself. He plays his trump card, and he says, did God really say to Eve, the serpent, the Bible says, was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day, he asked the woman, did God really say, you must not eat? The Amplified says, and here, when we talk about augmented reality, oh, please hear me. Satan is sly. He is subtle. He is crafty. The Amplified says, the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature. The Greek word translated for truth, this is going to be rhema for somebody, for a lot of people this morning. The Bible word in the Greek for truth is aletheia, which most closely resembles our English word reality. It means, look at this, the manifested unconcealed essence of a matter. It's a living, saving faith depends upon the premise by man that God is true in his being and character. Look here, this is how I've defined it. Aletheia is the state of not being hidden, the state of being evident. And I think if you have one word to use to describe the word that the Greek uses for truth in the Bible. It's this, unhidden. Everybody listen. Let that sink in. Marinate on that a second. The Bible word for truth means unhidden. Until, so truth is there, hidden. But we don't experience it or know it or or can apply it until it gets revealed and it comes out of hiding. We live in a dark world, deep darkness. This is why John chapter 17 in Jesus' high priestly prayer, he prays to God, now I'm coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them. Jesus saying, I spoke your word, I told them the word. While I was with them in this world, so they would be filled with my joy. How many of you know that's the fruit of being in the word? One of the fruits is having joy. Come on, somebody. Are you all out there? Verse 14 says, I have given them your word. Oh, thank God for it. And the world hates them because they do not belong to the world. Just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. And I love this. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. Everybody listen. Jesus prayed, God, don't take them out of the world. The world needs them. But take the world out of them. And he says, here's how I did it. I've done my part. I gave them your truth. Now, unhide it from them on an ongoing basis. In other words, he said, make them holy. One translation says, sanctify them. I know we go, ah, I don't want to be holy. I want to be a Christian, but I don't want to be sanctified. Well, then you're not going to enjoy human flourishing. The Bible says to be holy, to be sanctified, is to be set apart. How many of you in 2023, when you look around all over the world, You want to stay in the world. You kind of like it. How many of you like to be set apart, consecrated, sanctified unto the Lord, unto human flourishing? And the way to that is to be a person of the truth. And I want you to hear, John 17 would be a whole series for us. Later he prays. Jesus says, Father, they're in me and I'm in you and you're in me. And then he prays for unity, not necessarily unity here, but unity in that relationship. And he says, if we can have unity there, them and me, me and you, you and them, you and me, me and them, you and them, them and me, if we have unity there, the whole world will know, You sent me. Do you understand that? The body of Christ is manifest, the little body of the personhood of Jesus is revealed to the world. When we are set apart by truth, knowing who we are, not caught up in, virtual or augmented reality, not walking in the great delusion. Do you know the difference between deception and delusion? Deception is when you believe something is true, but it's a lie, or vice versa. Delusion is when God turns you over and you no longer have the capacity to process facts. How many of you know, you've watched the news, some of the sexually confused people, some of the people making it on these social media posts, you don't have to be a prophet to realize they are vexed by a spirit. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I feel for them, I'm not proud, I'm saddened, and my heart grieves over that because they don't need an argument. They need somebody to lay their hands on them and pray them free from that demonic oppression. That's what they, That's literally, really what they need. So, Pastor Chuck, here we are again. The same subject, the same stuff. How do we make it in this hour? Five things I want to just preach to you and I've preached them from every angle I can preach them but it's just my mantra as a pastor and there's people here who didn't hear it last time I preached it five things you've got to do to survive cultural chaos number one you've got to stay in the word you you have to be a person of the word you don't have to get a bible degree you don't have to do Leviticus Deuteronomy Deuteronomy Job, you can get in starting the Gospels. I just—I have something welling up in me right now. I want to yell. If you get the word in you, the word will change. It will flat out change you. I promise you. Um, read James or Romans or I dare you just read the book of Acts. Just read Galatians five. Every day for a year. You'll get something different every single day. Anybody ever read the Bible and you're like, that verse was not in there last time I read this. Anybody <laughs> ever, you're like, Candace and I laughed about Oswald Chambers. We're like, I read this. He put, he put March the 3rd on September 18th this year. Last year, that was in March. How did he do that? It's word-based. The Bible is alive. And when it gets in your dead faith, it will bring you alive. I could preach eight different ways right now. Ezekiel, he said, what do you see in that valley? Dry bones. God says, can they live? And Ezekiel He's a great prophet. He goes, it's a great car salesman of an answer. He goes, you know the answer to that question. And then God goes, prophesy to him. Speak my word to those dry bones. If I'm not dead, you're not done. If I'm a dry bone, somebody send Ezekiel to speak the word of the Lord over me. If you'll get in the word, and I've got to tell you, sir, you know the stats of the last two championship teams for the Bulldogs. That's idolatry if you can't get in the word and find the book of James in the New Testament. I'm 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 sorry. I'm coming in, just you, I owe it to you in this hour. We have to be. Remember, I started here. They perished because they chose to not love the truth. We got to love the truth. It's worth it. Am I right? Anybody has a, changed your hand at Mark? Delivered you, brother. Set you free. Saved your marriage. Look around this room. It's not need to hear Mark. Are they just thinking back your tenth, ninth, and 10th and 11th grade years, watching you grow up at Roswell High School, becoming a disciple. Wes Thornton caught me. He was in the first service. caught me going out. He was a kid in the, this church, grew up. And he's now got his own children. Oh, the power of the word. Stay in the word. Have I said it enough? Number two. You got to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. If you'll say good loud amen, we'll move on to number 3. How many of you got gas this week for your car, not your How many of you in the last 6 months you've pulled in and filled your car up? How many of you are cool running it on empty? How many of you know, a car runs on empty until it is totally empty? My little car, got to plug it in every night. I got to plan those stops. You, you need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody look at me. Don't look at me like he's still got that country boy from Virginia in him. He's still talking about the Holy Spirit. Yes, I am. And you need oil in your lamp and a couple extra gallons in these days that we're living. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> If you say, Pastor Chuck, I don't, I don't even know what that's like, just tell him you want it. Just tell him I'm hungry. I want all that you have for me. I promise you, God will get it first class delivered to you next day. If you get it, your order in by noon, it'll be there same day, pre COVID time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Turn and tell somebody, he's talking to me now. He's not even talking to you. Tell somebody, am I telling you the truth? We can't make it without the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, be engaged in Christian community. You can't just be a spectator. You got to get plugged in. You got to have your people. Fourthly, be an active member of an anointed church where you regularly hear the rhema word of God. I know two good ones. Restoration Church is top of the list. And the old Roswell Church of God is the second one I would recommend to you. If, if you're not regularly hearing the word of the Lord here, you have my permission and blessing. Go find a church where you can hear the word of the Lord. People go to church for years and never hear a sermon that pricks their heart, that stirs them up to conviction. But we need it regularly Amen. And you know what? I'll be faithful, do my best, but I'm going to need you to pray for me. And and you you pray. I don't ever come with 15-minute sermons. Because y'all don't have 15-minute problems. I come with 40 and 50-minute sermons. It's your fault that I preach as long as I do. (laughs) It's what I'm trying to tell you. But how many of you love the Word? Love a good sermon where it just... Life is coming forth. And then lastly, find and keep close friends who call you higher spiritually. You gotta have some people that you've given the right for them to tell you some stuff you may not want to hear, but you need it. And they love you. Are you please don't tune this out and go, well, that's for the really advanced people. It's been a tough year. This year, Candace and I, just a couple weeks ago, got in the car and drove to the North Carolina Georgia line to meet Patty and Mike Adkins and, and to receive some, a marriage tune-up. And we sat with them for hours till they about shut that restaurant down. And Mike and Patty said some stuff to Candace that I was like, thank God somebody's told her what she needs to hear. <laughs> and then the next four or five hours Ladies first, you know. But I I shouldn't even joke. We haven't been the same. It's a whole nother level in our marriage. I promise in every way. He spoke the word, a shepherd that I've given charge over my heart. Marriage and family. My kids can call Pastor Mike if I ever do something crazy or ungodly. I'm accountable, and they they don't have to call him because I don't do anything crazy. Because I know they will call. Him. <laughs> you need someone in your life. What Thursday mornings, men model man breakfast, six a.m. I know it's early, but it's worth it. Oh, if you could just submit yourself to these five things, here's what would be your inheritance. Look at Psalm 112. I want to close with this right here. This is a psalm about people who love the law, the word, and obey it. Verse 1. Will you read it out loud with me? Can we read it together? Now, we're going to have to pause a time or two because it's just so good. Read it with me. Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying His commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be. Can we just pause? Everybody just say, I receive that. <laughs> Verse three, say it with me. They themselves will be wealthy. Come on, everybody say, I receive that and their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Let's say it again right now. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Turn and tell somebody sitting beside you that you love right now. Somebody that you know. Say that word again. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. Now say that aloud. Take a deep breath. Say that one again. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to take care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. Is anybody feeling what I'm feeling? (laughs) Verse 9, they share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. Come on, stand and let's just celebrate the Lord. Let's just tell the Lord that's who we are. That's our inheritance. We claim that. Hey, listen, you might be in your second marriage, third marriage, blended, single, single again, got a diagnosis, carrying a burden that feels overwhelming. But I declare you will not be fearful of bad news. You will trust in the Lord. With all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He's going to straighten out your path. Are you all out there? Come on, somebody. In the name of—let faith arise. Oh, Lord. How many of you are glad you've overcome some stuff? You got a testimony. You could tell some people. You could take the microphone right now and encourage the body. In the name of Jesus, I want to pray for those. I'm going to ask in just a second. I want the people to come forward first. We've got just a few minutes, and I want to encourage, if you're here today, and those five things, if you need to step up in any of those areas, get in the Word. Be filled with the Holy Spirit continually. Stay full. Find your people. Get involved. Commit to a church where you're hearing the Word. If you've... I want you to reach a new level. God's calling us. In the deep darkness, His people are gonna shine brighter. In the name of, there's gonna be a stark contrast. That augmented reality, it ain't gonna hold us in. That's not our cage, that's not our trap. This is our destiny, this is our purpose. Amen? So, If you're here this morning, Thomas said, Lord, we don't know the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No other way. I said it last week, alcohol, drugs, the right job, money, it doesn't satisfy. Only Jesus, the fresh revelation, the beauty of Jesus. The Bible says it pleased God for the fullness of the deity to dwell in Jesus in bodily form. If you're here today, I want to especially call men and women to step out and come and say, I need to get topped off. I need to get filled up with the Holy Spirit. If you're here today, come on, step out. We want to just pray a prayer, anoint you with all. We want you to just receive breakthrough in your life. Come on, just step out right now, all over in the balcony on the main floor. I just release you. We come against the work of the enemy that would limit, that would handcuff, that would hem people in, in the name of Jesus. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, There is liberty in the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. This season is hard, raising children, lots of them in the suburbs. But His plan, His destiny will not be thwarted. You fight, you persevere, you be determined. Single-minded focus I want to ask elders and staff, all those uh, people who regularly pray, Suzanne and Kimberly, and those of you uh, people group leaders in the name of Jesus, come help us pray. And listen, pray a prayer with authority in the name of Jesus.
1: God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision. Like you God, I love you.
0: my this is a perfect song for this sermon, singing out with the worship team as we minister to these in the altar. If you're a model man, If you're a model man table leader, come help us pray as well. ministry of the spirit and we just wait on you Holy Spirit to confirm to encourage build up lift up in the name of Jesus I see somebody there's a lens through which you've been looking and it has limited you and the Lord is wanting you to take those lenses and throw them away because you're not seeing the way he wants you to see And when you can see what he's trying to show you, you're going to begin to anticipate and rise up in this hour for this is a Kairos moment for you in the name of Jesus. There are people here that your story, your spiritual inheritance, your family of origin, it's been a a label and a distraction long enough You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are part of a new thing God is doing in your family tree. There will be fruit on your branch. Rise up and tell the devil he's a liar, that you are a son or daughter of God, and his plan for you is good. It's not to harm you, it's to prosper you, and you do have a future and a hope right now in the name of Jesus. Could you just receive that? We magnify you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Lord, reverse every curse. Reverse them. Deliver us. Set us free in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father. Your word says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He should not expect to receive anything from you. Make a single-minded. For a single-minded man or woman will be stable in all their ways. And they will come to walk in intimacy with you and expect to receive everything from you in the name of Jesus. We silence voices that distract and depress sources of worry and anxiety and fear we will hide your word in our hearts that we won't sin against you great peace have they who love your law and nothing can offend them perfect peace have they whose mind is stayed on thee in the name of jesus we speak peace power purpose presence we speak blessing Prosperity over our homes in the name of Jesus. I pray for single mothers that the enemy would cause them to limp forward in shame or a feeling of less than. We rise up against it and we pray an infusion of royalty, spiritual royalty, and supernatural favor and blessing over them right now in the name of Jesus. I pray over single fathers, men who have been divorced. We come against shame, that lying spirit from the pit of hell. Therefore, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a brand new creation. The old is gone. Behold, the new is come. Therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus our Lord. For the law, the spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death. You are free. You are chosen. You are blessed right now in the name. Can can you receive that this morning, everybody? Thank you, Lord. We praise your name, Jesus. Praise your name, Jesus. Praise your name, Jesus. I'm getting ready to speak the blessing over you. I just, I want to encourage you. Feel a check in my spirit. Y'all know I share very openly, vulnerably. If You ever have a question on theology? Spirit-filled life. Don't, don't just take your Bible and go home. Reach out. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe we just need to sit down and you know how quickly pastors are guilty until proven innocent right now. Spiritual leaders are... And I'm not saying give me a a free pass. I'm just saying we love you. Don't try and do this on your own. And don't Google around and AI around through ChatGPT to verify whether... Pastor Munn or Pastor Chuck preaching from the Bible. Am I telling the truth? In the name of Jesus. The Bible says, come let us reason together. We're not a church. We're a family. And I'm glad we're a family. Amen? So, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you. May He be gracious unto you. May He lift His countenance up upon you and give you real, lasting, eternal make-a-difference kind of peace, just say it. I receive it in Jesus' name. Just tell the devil, devil's a liar, amen? With a head and not the tail, blessed, not cursed. We're going up and over, not down and under, in Jesus' name. Turn and tell two people around you, Maranatha, baby. Maranatha. Maranatha. Yeah.